Welcome to Middle Movers, a podcast for entry and mid-level marketers who want to learn from people on the same rung of the ladder. I'm your host, Khadija, and I'm a growth marketer at Manchester-based Six and Flow. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of Middle Movers. Today I have with me Kendall Walters, Campaign Content Manager at Hootsuite. Welcome Kendall, so nice to have you. Hey Khadija, it's awesome to be here. I am, like it's been so long since, you know, we've sat together in a work capacity and like, I feel like this is a work capacity, but it's it's a nicer, more fun way to work together. So I'm glad we could reconnect and, and do something cool together like this and you know chat and everything and catch up me too this is this is nice Nice. how is your day going so far pretty good yeah um just quiet start to the day I'm uh, out here on the east coast in Canada and a lot of my co-workers are on the west coast so messages and stuff are usually uh pretty quiet in the morning so Uh, yes uh, catch up on stuff a bit which is nice yeah I totally get that it's just me and one other gent basically here in Canada we have one guy in Texas and then the rest pretty much in the UK so they're quite ahead of us about five hours Um, so usually the mornings are usually like the time when I'm you know taking calls with folks but then it gets really quiet in the afternoon so same idea just opposite times of the day and it's nice to have kind of like that mix I find yeah it can be kind of a it can be kind of nice to have a little bit of a quieter part to their day for sure yeah exactly Um, so Basically, to get things started, um, I, I know you've done your homework probably and listened to all the episodes, right? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely at least the first few. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so as you know, I love to get the the ball rolling and asking folks to share three fun facts about themselves. So I'm excited to hear what yours are because I think I have an idea what you might share, but I'll be surprised as well. All right. This is one of those questions. It's like, tell me something interesting about yourself. I always blank on initially because it's like, oh, God, have I ever been interesting ever? (laughs) The answer is yes. Um, But anyway, (laughs) but it's one of those things. It's like, I don't I don't do anything. What? Um, All right. Three fun facts about myself. Uh, So my very first job was official title was Popcorn Girl. I uh, worked at a concession stand at the one screen little movie theater in my hometown, um, which was an awesome job because it came with popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am an avid reader. I always just like a TBR pile that I'll never get all the way through. Um, And I actually used to work in marketing at a library, which was such an interesting thing to work in marketing, but about books uh, so much of the time. Wow. And uh, for number three, uh, I'm on a year five now, so just started year five of a photo a day project. So I take and share a picture on Instagram every single day, uh, which some days is harder than others, especially the last little while, but is uh, quite interesting usually. Wow. You don't say, I knew you were doing that. Like when we first started working together back at Vidyard that you had already had that underway. And I was like, man, I wish I could think of something to photograph every day. It's like, here's my meal or, you know, here's me walking Oscar yet again. I would not know what to share. So the fact you've kept it up for this long is impressive. 
definitely a lot of meal photos, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> fair amount of cat pictures as well. I've got two cats and they make pretty frequent, uh, frequent appearances on the gram there. But um, of course, yeah. It's a lot easier when you're out and about in the world. A little harder the last while because I obviously spend a lot more time at home these days. But uh, yeah, because you need to get creative. And it's kind of nice once you've been doing it for a while because um, you get those on this day last year, uh, those kinds of things. And it's kind of cool to be able to have this like visual of like, what was I doing a year ago, two years ago, three years ago? Yeah. Um, and it's kind of amazing to be like, wow, was that, that was that long ago already? <laughs> then it kind of hits you that life doesn't wait around pandemic or not oh yeah and things move faster i think than it feels like they do a lot of times oh man well that's awesome i was thinking that you might share the photo day one but the other two i did not know and i think those are awesome facts as well so thanks (laughs) yeah no problem um so as i mentioned um you and i worked together at vidyard a couple years back which is also nuts like how quickly that time has flown Uh, oh yeah like I can't believe it um but now that you um you know you're not there anymore you've moved on and you're back at Hootsuite (laughs) for folks who don't know Kendall is a boomerang Hootsuite boomerang um (laughs) and but you're in a different role this time around and it'd be cool if you could you know share what Hootsuite is because I think most people do but I also like I don't know if it's a household name amongst like the folks that are in tech or marketing or in general, people know what it is, but I feel like people know what it is. So if you like just share a little bit about that, what you're currently doing and what made you want to head back there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for folks who aren't uh, as familiar with it, Hootsuite is a social media platform, social media management platform, uh, primarily for businesses, but also other professionals and you know influencers and just people who want to do more with their social media. Mm-hmm. Let's you schedule posts, manage multiple channels, uh, see detailed analytics, and a lot more stuff than that. But it would take probably an entire episode to get through it all. So I'll leave it at that. We'll have a part um, two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that might be a bit much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I originally joined the team at Hootsuite back in 2015 uh, on the blog team and uh, worked there for just under two years. So really focused on um planning the calendar and SEO and uh, working with different writers and just getting out Mm. that educational content uh, about managing your social media that our audience really wanted to see. Um, And then I rejoined the team uh, just this past fall, late in 2020, as the campaign content manager. So now I'm on the content team, which interestingly, because of the way everything is set up at Hootsuite, is a Mm -hmm. separate team from uh, the blog team, which uh, they belong to our growth marketing organization. Oh, okay, cool. um, so now I'm on uh, content and content we hang, uh, handle more of the larger campaigns within the organization, big guides, things like that. So we're the ones who put out uh, the social trends report, the digital report, um, lots of original research and that kind of thing. Wow, that's awesome. And then between the two, or do you find that um, like your arm of you know, the marketing team collaborates a lot with the blog team or is it just kind of like more specific things that you handle as you were mentioning about like doing like longer form content and stuff like that and guides and all that. Uh, Do you find you collaborate with the blog folks or not really? 
Yeah, um, I do quite a bit, but I mean, different parts of the team sort of to varying degrees. Uh, but right. I now in my new role, I actually handle um, like our thought leadership blog content and things coming out of our, our corp comms. So uh, blog posts about our corporate social responsibility initiatives, mm -hmm. um, blog posts about our product, and also just sort of thought leadership stuff that isn't uh, connected to our SEO program. So I handle those. So I work very closely with uh, the blog team on all of that stuff, which is great because it's a fantastic team and they're just brilliant and doing such good work. That's awesome. And then especially like you and I are both new-ish into roles, um, but what made you want to go back to Hootsuite and then also add the layer of, you know, changing jobs during a pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, on the face of things, new job in a pandemic sounds like a totally wild thing to do, but mm -hmm. it just felt like the perfect opportunity um, to get to work with um, to get to work with the team again, to get to be part of the company again, um, mm. but also to get to do something new and new challenges and do different kinds of work than I've done on content in the past, which right. was really exciting to me to get to be able to challenge myself and grow and expand those skills in different ways. So that was really, really exciting and definitely a big draw for this one. That's awesome. Well, it sounds cool. Um, like I've never really heard um, like a title like this, but then now that you've explained what you're kind of doing day to day, it makes more sense to me because I was like, oh, you know, she's in demand gen, which like, I do you find that you sometimes like get that, like there's that misconception that you're like running like paid campaigns or things like that? Or do you find that people kind of like have like been more familiar with what your role entails and it's maybe just me? <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, I haven't had anybody sort of ask me that specifically, but I, I yeah. hear you. It's not necessarily like sort of a standard title where people just know what it encompasses. So, I mean, I right. definitely, um, usually when I'm chatting with folks, I am explaining like, oh, and I'm responsible for these things and kind of listing out different stuff. Um, and right. sort of for, for your information, it's, um, so like it's the thought leadership blog stuff, but a big, the biggest part of what I do is trying to extend the reach and getting more eyeballs on our big major campaigns. Right. Um, and I do that through taking the content, repurposing it, changing it to different formats. So like, for instance, um, we put out our 2021 social trends report in the fall, mm -hmm. and I've been running a webinar series based on some of the major um, things that that survey identified that people want to do with their social. So we're running webinars that uh, give them advice on how to do those things and the, the best practices and the, the top tips and strategies for doing that stuff. Right. And sort of different things like that, that extends it. Uh, I'm also working with like influencers and we're doing sponsorships to try and uh, get our content to new and different audiences in that way. That's awesome. So it's a lot of different kinds of stuff all rolled together, um, which has been super interesting. For sure. I think it's so nice when you end up in a role, like even if you go in thinking you're going to do, maybe you have like a top three things you're responsible for that you still get the opportunity to expand, as you mentioned, like your skill set and just try different ways of, you know, using the same content and seeing what comes of it. Like I think that it can be so rewarding, um, especially if you have like something that you haven't been able to try in a previous role, I think that is can be such an eye-opening experience for anyone, really. Yeah, absolutely. And such a good opportunity to test new and different things. Like a lot of the stuff we're doing now with mm -hmm. this is stuff we haven't done before that we've done on a very small scale and we're kind of figuring out what's going to work best. And that's really exciting. That's really awesome. Well, I'm glad that you've landed back there and that you're enjoying the work that you're doing every day. I think that is great to hear and definitely like was probably a great end to a not so great year um, that we are all having last year 
Um, Definitely a boost to the end of 2020. I'll, yeah. I'll say that for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then as I kind of mentioned like a little bit at the beginning, um, I personally think that Hootsuite is probably a household name, but I don't know if it's because of like the field of work that I ended up going into. But even before I was in marketing, like I knew what Hootsuite was. I knew like, you know, at least in its earliest stage, like how people were using it, you know, capabilities, things that could help folks with streamlining processes, all that kind of stuff. Um, but as you're someone there doing marketing, do you find that um, like maybe if you're talking to sales or anything, like do you find that um, people really need an explanation as to what Hootsuite is or do you find that it's kind of out there and that like the marketing is pretty strong in that sense in terms of like messaging around it or just like people's general understanding or do you feel like you find yourself like either yourself in your own role or like as a team um, that you guys are still uh, filling gaps out there in the market? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I mean, sort of ask like, is it a household name? And I, I kind of say like, it sort of depends on the household, I guess. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think true. in the marketing space and in the tech space, where we're definitely pretty well known. Like people have usually at least heard the brand name before. They they know that it's connected to social media. Usually people are are pretty familiar with it. Yeah. But then you know, outside of that uh, that bubble, it definitely varies a lot. Like when I first went to work there, most of my family had no idea what it was, and the couple people who did recognized it because they'd seen it on the news hiring fairs with people lined up around the block yeah and it's, it's sort of like specific things like that as opposed to really knowing what it was about so yeah it uh it varies fair <laughs> enough that makes sense because you did mention that you are doing like educational content so I imagine that there is always the chance for people to discover it for the first time and have that feeling um you know of learning something new that can help them to be more efficient with their social media. So it's, I'm glad that it hasn't gone to the point where it's kind of plateaued and like there's no work to be done. Um, so that's good oh, news. absolutely. <laughs> good news for a growing company and like for folks like yourself who are entering new roles and everything like that. So makes sense. Um, and then now that it's been, I guess, six-ish months or so that you've been in this particular role, um, what do you find you enjoy doing the most um, in your day-to-day? Yeah. Um, I mean, my day to day, one of the things I'm loving the most about this role is just being part of like a larger content team. These folks that are living, breathing, breathing, thinking content all the time and that are just absolutely so talented and so smart and getting to collaborate with them and bounce ideas off of them and brainstorm with them. Um, that is definitely one of my favorite parts. That's awesome. But in in general, just sort of all of these new possibilities and getting to try all of these new and different things uh, has been so exciting and mm. so interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then kind of on the collaboration piece, I was talking about this with um, one of the earlier guests, Daniela, and we were kind of talking about how remote work, even though it's like allowed for other things to flourish in terms of creativity and, you know, being able to pivot quickly and all that kind of stuff, that you don't get the same sort of um, like organic collaboration opportunities that you would like when you're in person. Um, and I know that like Hootsuite for the most part, like there are folks on the West Coast, but I know there's also like a Toronto office and stuff like that. And just in general, like work has had to shift towards remote. But do you find that with the collaboration piece that it's been more difficult um, with having a remote team and then also folks in different time zones or like how have you kind of navigated that over the last few months? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different. That's for sure. Especially mm-hmm. like um, with this, like I've rejoined as as a remote person, but like mm-hmm. you know when I was on the team before, I was there in the office in person. So I also know what that side of it at this organization feels like. So right. it's, it's definitely a shift. Um, but I think like a big part of it for our team is. Um, like we have a regular team meeting where we chat about all different kinds of things and we often schedule like sort of informal coffee chats or sometimes even just working sessions where we're all just kind of hang out on a call, work on stuff or bounce things off of one another, sort of workshop mm-hmm. ideas, things like that. Um, and then also just our um, like our team chat channel has been really helpful. People will toss resources in there or ask questions and be like, I'm stuck on this thing or how would you think about this thing? And right. so we're kind of finding new ways to make that work. And it's it's definitely not quite the same, but um, yeah, we're finding we're finding ways to kind of figure that out in this this new scenario. Um, For like sure. most of most of the content team is based on the West Coast. So I'm kind of the only one that's in a different time zone. So the, the scheduling hasn't been too bad there. But um, for our larger campaigns, we have a global team with uh, with owls, as we call our, uh, our people around the world. So those ones are a little tougher because we've got people in EMEA and that kind of thing. Right. And trying to trying to schedule it in the calendars is a little tougher, but everybody kind of makes it work as best they can. That's awesome. Um, I really like the idea how you had mentioned about the the working sessions and just kind of, I guess you just like have like a call going and then it's kind of like having like the office background noise or like being able to just like talk to someone as you would if you would like go up to their desk or just like, you know, lean over to them depending on the setup. And we've been trying that as well on our end and it's been so far a good experience. Um, like most people um, definitely have met each other in person, but we also have had new joiners both like here in North America and then also in the UK that haven't met of course due to the pandemic so it's been nice to kind of you know get a flavor for what it's like to be in the office with these folks even though we haven't had that opportunity yet so um, I definitely think that's something that if folks are listening and you know they haven't tried it yet with their teams that could be something to kind of you know remove any sort of or at least lessen any feelings of office loneliness especially like if you're someone that lives by yourself or maybe you're with your partner and your partner has to go out to work and you're having a lot of time alone it's a nice way to just hear other people and know that there's someone there that you can reach out to and chat with about work or otherwise so that's totally good. agree it's um it's something new that we're testing but mm-hmm. we're we're really liking it so far and and also just doing like sort of informal coffee chat one-to-ones with different members of the team yeah. is just a nice way to to have those like side of the desk over the monitors kind of conversations you might have had if you were in an office. For sure. And like it often kind of goes around to work stuff at some point anyways, um, but it's also nice to kind of make time for that what'd you do on your weekend kind of stuff as well. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I really enjoy our coffee chats that we do as well and like especially as I said, like, I haven't really met anyone aside from one of my colleagues in real life. It's been nice to just get to know people, like, and what makes them tick outside of work. Even though we're doing it, like, during the workday and catching up, it's like, oh, like, what are your hobbies? Like you said, like, what are you up to on the weekend or what did you do this weekend? And just, like, getting to make those personal connections. Like, I don't think that it's impossible, even if you have never been in the same room. Like, you can still feel a connection to someone. Um, and then maybe you have things in common, right? And then you might not have talked about that otherwise if you're just like heads down all the time and not making time for those less formal or informal chats. So definitely with you there. Definitely yeah, absolutely. There. And that those kind of connections, I think they help you work more effectively too because it's so much easier to reach out to somebody if they feel like a real person to you. <laughs> 100%. 100%. 
Um, and then do you find this is like not even like a serious question in terms of like about work, <laughs> but when you go to the coffee chats, do you find that anybody actually ever brings like a hot drink? Because I feel like we it's like a misnomer because nobody ever has a drink. <laughs> they might have a glass of water if they're me, <laughs> but there's never like the actual coffee break. And that's like I feel like the next layer that we need. How do you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not very often does somebody actually do that. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm definitely guilty of not bringing a coffee, but it's also because I don't actually drink coffee, so I'm usually showing up with my water bottle. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think there is also something about doing that. Like, there's a friend and I earlier on in the pandemic, we would have you know chats every once in a while, and we would we'd make them like hot cocoa chats or something <laughs> like that. And uh, and actually doing that and making something before it kind of made it feel more like it was like an event, kind of like if you were going out to actually, you know, walk around the corner for, from the office with someone to get a coffee. So yeah, yeah, I could see that being kind of a, a nice addition to things. It's something I don't tend to do as much anymore, um, actually make a beverage for it. But yeah. Maybe I should try and bring that back. I do like that idea. <laughs> yeah, now I'm saying it. I was like, maybe I should resurrect it instead of hoping someone else does. <laughs> so here's to taking initiative on that. <laughs> Be the change you want to see, Khadija. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I do my best every day. <laughs> um, and then on like the, the flip side, aside from, you know, onboarding or I guess reboarding remotely, um, <laughs> is that a word? Reboarding. It is now. Uh, <laughs> What have you found to be kind of the biggest challenge that you've had um, either in your role like on your own or even just like being part of a different team at Hootsuite now this time around? Hmm, it's a good one. I think one of the tougher things with onboarding remotely is that like if you're in an office and you have like some stupid quick little question that you kind of just like maybe tap your manager on the shoulder kind of thing, or like one of your colleagues, whoever's sitting next to you, just sort of ask them super quick. Right, um, right. And when you're brand new remotely, sometimes even a chat message, especially if it's someone you don't really know or you haven't had any chat history with them, it feels kind of odd, I think, sometimes Yeah. Uh, to just reach out and be like asking them whatever it is. I mean, at the very beginning anyway, like the longer you're there, the less odd that feels that could also just be something that I'm overthinking a bit <laughs> but um, no. when I first started and also to even just knowing who should I even ask this of because you don't sort of know mm -hmm. you know where everybody fits necessarily yet so some of that like odd little stuff where it's like maybe not even a super big important thing but just you're not even sure who to ask these like funny little offside questions <laughs> yeah where do I find the wi-fi password <laughs> or something or not exactly. that you'd be asking that now but like just those random things that you're like who do I even ask or where do I find this so yeah I totally get yeah, that exactly um, but um yeah I mean in general onboarding remotely has actually been like pretty good experience and everybody's been super supportive um it's definitely, definitely different for sure. But that's one of the big things that kind of sticks out in my mind is just like that stuff. And then, and then you have to be so much more intentional, I think, about connecting with people too, right? It's like 100%. actually going like, I'm going to schedule a coffee chat as opposed to just kind of glancing over at somebody and being like, coffee? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, you can't just or like... running into them in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can't have like the water cooler or like, yeah, I guess kitchen chats anymore because... We're not doing that, but one day, yeah. you know, we'll yeah. get there again and <laughs> so it will be interesting. You're to do it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. I feel like people are going to forget like how to just nudge someone from their work and be like, hey, you want to go for a walk? Because it's so different when you're at home, right? So it's just going to be like, oh yeah, 
you know, re um, resharpening those specific like minor social skills, but it'll be worth it in the end. Oh yeah. It's going to be an interesting adjustment for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I do, I do love working from home, but I also, I do miss the, the general things you would take for granted of an off, like in an office space, like being able to just nudge someone or yeah, you go get an awesome snack from the kitchen or you go take a walk at lunch with somebody or whatever the case is. So yeah, for sure. Cheers to that again. <laughs> um, and then this is kind of a question that I alluded to earlier, but also in general, I'm curious. Um, what do you find in your experience has been like the biggest differentiator between, you know, campaign content management and then just kind of straight up content marketing management, which you were doing previously? Yeah, it's a good question. It's something I've been thinking about a bit as well, because it's definitely different. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I can't always sort of pinpoint all the specifics of it. Like um, one of the big things for me in terms of like the kind of content marketing I was doing before versus the kind of stuff that I'm working on now is um, mm -hmm. like before my content marketing work was very focused around like SEO and inbound and kind of harnessing that existing demand. Um, whereas now right. it's kind of like the bigger campaigns and it's more like brand work as opposed to inbound work. Um, and that's a little bit like, you know, the team I'm on and uh, the kind of way that we've separated this out at our organization. So it's a lot more like thought leadership and, you know, mm -hmm. um, original data and, and that kind of stuff. So trying to find those ways to really advance or push forward a conversation as opposed to doing sort of like educational uh, pieces that are more like ultimate guide to X. <laughs> um, so that's one of the big ones for me. And yeah. then it's also um, like being a lot more involved in the actual campaign planning as well. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, content marketers generally are a bit involved in, con you know, in campaigns, it's figuring out where, where does content fit or um, how can, you know, how can we, take this concept and, and do it through content, but kind of being involved even earlier on and like involved in different ways and different parts of it and more, mm -hmm. more distribution based stuff as well, as opposed to just the creation of things, but also figuring out, okay, how do we get this to everyone? Not to say that content marketing doesn't do that. Cause obviously your distribution channels are an important part of your content marketing strategy, For sure. but definitely I'd say more of an emphasis on it. Like, you know, who, what influencers could we reach out? What sponsorships could we do? Um, you know, are there newsletters we could do placements in? Um, what are other ways that we could reach an audience that would be interested in this content? So a little bit more on the outbound side, I guess I'd say, mm -hmm. um, than, than the inbound focused stuff that um, that my past content marketing jobs have been pretty focused on. So those are some of the, the big ones, but it probably really depend on what sort of organization you're into. No, for sure. And I think that gives me a better idea as well, because like I said, I went into it thinking that when I saw campaigns, I was like, oh, 100% is demand gen, which I do think that you probably are doing it to a certain extent. But also there's like the brand piece, which I wouldn't have thought fit into your role currently. Um, and then like also like, you know, as you mentioned, original data, like I would not have thought that either. So I think that's great for folks that like see a job title like yours, like they kind of will have an idea of what to expect. But of course, like you said, it is organization dependent. So absolutely. And there is like some demand gen components. Absolutely. Because I mean, like our, mm -hmm. our major reports and things like that, like they are, 
you know, demand gen things, like it is a gated piece of content and things like right. that. And then some of the stuff that we're doing around it to extend that content, like say this webinar series uh, that I'm working on right now, that's explained three ways, taking different concepts and getting uh, three different experts to talk about that topic in different ways. Like that's also, of course, webinars are like center of a lot of demand gen programs. So there are definitely those parts to it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's part of it. <laughs> that's awesome. And then kind of like on the wave of webinar series like we've um in the time I've been here as well we've kind of been running a couple um and then one thing we've done is once the webinar it's like a it was like more of a panel um but once that panel ended we took people onto clubhouse or gave them the option to kind of continue the conversation there um just in general um have you been on clubhouse at all for work or just for your own personal use as someone in marketing and if you have um, what are your feelings on it? And if you haven't still, what are your feelings on it? <laughs> That's interesting to do that. It's kind of like almost like the webinar Q and a portion. Is that sort of what you were testing out? Yeah, exactly. Like people could still ask questions, but it's like, if we have like a certain time limit, but if people wanted to stay on or like, maybe they didn't, they joined late or like whatever the case is, they can still like have those longer conversations or maybe get into like a deeper discussion on something that was discussed in the actual webinar. So that's like what we tested out. Um, but I don't know how I feel about it because I feel like the attendance on Clubhouse, like you have to like really work up to that point where people get enthused about it. Um, and that's just what I found so far. But yeah, what do you think? Yeah, that makes sense. That's a, that's a really interesting concept though. I like that. Um, nice. I've only tested it out a little bit just uh, personally. Like I uh, got an invite a few weeks back and kind of have listened Ooh. in a little bit here and there. But um I find a lot of times um, that it's sort of hard just to make the time be like, oh, am I going to carve out a whole chunk of time to to listen to this thing? Or um, yeah. they'll be like, oh, I think I'll listen to that one. And then I get to the point, I'm like, oh, I know, actually, I really need to work on this thing. And I can't really be listening to that in the background. So um, yeah, I find I haven't used it a ton, but yeah. it, it's definitely interesting. I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen with that. And then like, you know, what's going to happen with Twitter spaces now that that's out, like, will yeah. that take over or is Clubhouse going to gonna hold people's attention? Like this audio thing. Yeah, definitely going to be interested to see what happens with it. It's, it's everywhere. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I'm kind of like that too. Like I'll drift into a chat sometimes just to like see what people are saying. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I spent my 10 minutes. Like I never have been in there for an entire chat except if we've been running mm. one. But like obviously because I'm, <laughs> you know, probably on the panel or whatever. Um, (laughs) but there's like definitely mixed feelings about it. Like there's people that refuse to use it. And then there's people that think that it's already died. It's quick death and that it's, there's no (laughs) chance. Like I've seen so many different reviews like online about it or like people that have tried it for different things. And I honestly, I haven't been on it in a few weeks and I honestly don't know when the next time will be, (laughs) be that I'm on there if I'm honest, but I still think it's early and that there is potential. We just haven't like we haven't found the value in it, I think, collectively, the people who are on there. But we'll yeah, see. it's definitely still not super clear what to to do with this channel for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, oh, because I feel like anybody could host a chat, like as long as you have access and it's like, but then there's like niche categories that you can sort yourself into. And it's just like, what if you just want to have a random discussion, kind of like house party, which I never tried, but it, that's what it reminds mm. me of. But that was like, definitely a more random uh, platform that people think have all has also died a quick death so we'll see <laughs> if there's any more comparisons that come out between the two but i i definitely see 
why people would think that but stay tuned I guess on that one yeah I also wonder with Clubhouse like Mm -hmm. is this something that everybody is using or is this just something that like we marketers are talking about like does anybody outside of our our bubble care about this (laughs) honestly and I'm like we're gonna ruin it because as marketers you know we ruin pretty much everything (laughs) collectively (laughs) somebody just just overdoes it and then it's like okay Oh God, we're just thing. the worst hey basically <laughs> what's that blog or whatever like everybody hates marketers <laughs> or something oh, <laughs> i think there's like a website i don't know i might be messing this up but i've definitely heard of it and i obviously don't read it because i I feel like i'm gonna just be so triggered so <laughs> <laughs> i would definitely not be surprised if that existed i mean there's a lot of bad marketing out there so. <laughs> yeah but i think it's like a marketer that does it ironically um, nice. so I'll have to check it out more but I just recently heard about it and I was like oh that's a that's a hot take <laughs> <laughs> so we can talk about that offline though um and then kind of like I I kind of just went on about Clubhouse a bit or I guess we both did a little bit uh, but just <laughs> in general like are there any predictions that you have about marketing um and like either things that you're hoping to see continue or like things that you hope to never see again <laughs> <laughs> either way I'm cool. oh geez it's a big one for sure um yeah I think like one of the big ones that has been an interesting shift especially that we're seeing in 2020 but that I like I think I'd hope to see continue is mm. brands really leading with purpose um and yeah. thinking about those things that matter on a deep level to the brand like what are their core values but then actually making policies and processes and things that support them, um, not just sort of saying, you know, like they're black square on social or whatever, yeah. um, but like kind of right from right from the top and right all the way through, um, figuring out what that purpose is and why it matters to the organization and how they're going to support it. And then also kind of holistically putting that out on their channels and being public about like why this matters um Mm -hmm. and like thinking about some of the brands like there's some brands that do this really well that i know i hold in pretty high regard because this is something that's so core to what they're about so like right ones like ben and jerry's or patagonia or even like lego with their sustainability uh, Mm -hmm. initiatives like it's nice to see a brand that's not just sort of parroting whatever the sort of cause that everyone's talking about at the moment is but like when you can see that that's actually part of what they're about and that's the work they're doing sure. i hope that we'll see more brands do that kind of thing um and, and we're seeing research that says like consumers want to see brands take a stance on things and care about things mm-hmm. so i hope that we see more brands doing that in an authentic and like real way and meaningful way 100 percent. yeah i definitely agree with that and like i know personally for myself as a consumer like i'm very into really understanding what a brand stands for and you know seeing no matter what the brand is like if I'm going to be spending money with them like I want to understand or know that our values are similar even though it's like a larger organization versus me as the individual like I think absolutely yeah I think it's like it's so important for like as you said for you people to be able to see that holistically and like it's coming all the way through right from the top of the organization down like I definitely think two or three times before I do anything um in terms of like how a brand presents itself and how um how pervasive that messaging is whatever it is that their stance is like i i really do look for those things so i hope to see that as well continuing yeah 100 percent. like i've the last while i've become a lot more intentional about what brands i'm supporting like who am i buying from Mm -hmm. and you know what are they about and making sure that what they're about aligns with 
what I'm about. <laughs> exactly. Because, yeah, certain things, like certain, I guess, things that you purchase, like, they are an investment and you want to be proud of that investment no matter what, how big or small it is. Or at least that's how I view it. So totally <laughs> nice. Um, and then in general, like it's been cool to ask this next question because I feel like so many people do so many things outside of work. And like some people have like do things like directly to kind of improve their craft. And then other people like myself, like, for example, I journal a lot. Like I'll do like my quick pages and kind of like brain dump. But I feel like that helps me to be um less serious in a way when I'm especially writing content like I kind of just like after I've done all the research and my due diligence like I feel like I just get my thoughts out a lot easier because I've gotten into this practice but I didn't do it with the intention of improving how I do things at work so I'm just curious to know like if there's anything that you do directly or even that you found has indirectly helped you to improve how you approach your work day and and you know getting things done yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm like a big fan of always just like constantly be learning new stuff and um, yeah. don't just assume that you kind of know it all already. Um, so I follow like a ton of people on social and I subscribe to so, so many newsletters um, from yeah. these like industry leaders. And it's always fascinating to see what new ideas they're bringing or, you know, they're explaining how this brand did this thing. And like I always have more tabs open than I can ever possibly read of all these fascinating <laughs> things that I want to follow up on. Yeah, uh, totally. So that that's a big one for sure. Um, especially in the last year, I've also been doing like online courses. This was one of my pandemic things to try and make sure that my outside of work wasn't just Netflix. <laughs> um, but I, I uh, signed up for like some online courses, like continuing studies stuff from a couple of different universities. That's awesome. um, did some like leadership ones from U Waterloo. And uh, then I've almost finished up a uh, copywriting, strategic copywriting certification from the University of Toronto's continuing studies program. That's and awesome. like, it's just been a great opportunity to dive into something that is very useful and relevant to the work that I do. Mm. But um, that is something I haven't sort of previously had like a ton of training on. So like my background is mostly in doing like more educational writing. So it's been fascinating learning the the tactics and the techniques for more persuasive writing and, and writing that's trying to sell and drive that conversion mm. and uh, get more of the theory behind that. And like, it's already improved the kind of work that I'm doing in that area in my actual day to day. So it's, it's always nice to see it when that kind of thing actually just like, yeah, okay, I've learned this new thing. And and now here I am applying it. Yeah, and it's actually been super useful. Um, and I've already got my eye on a bunch of other possible ones. But it's, it's just nice to kind of keep doing that sort of thing. And just something that's related, but, but just new. It's nice. No, that's awesome. Um, and I found that too, like I've been working on an interior design diploma like the last month or so it's like supposed that's to be a cool. year in total thanks <laughs> um because i found that i've just like that's like all i really was going on social media for was to like look at home accounts or like i'd be on pinterest even though i'm like not decorating any spaces right now that's just like what i found <laughs> i'm like i don't think it's just like something i possibly like like i think i actually have an unhealthy obsession and maybe i should channel that towards actually learning something more than just like looking at photos um, i love that <laughs> yeah so which is like weird like it like i didn't think it was going to like impact me at work at all but basically after every lesson like there are um like i have to basically like, show my learnings um which you know obviously 
as a marketer, there's a lot of research that can usually fall into it. And then like, it's helped me to keep up with my long form content. Cause I, for like the first assignment, I had to write like three different things that were 2000 words each, um, for example. So like, it just helped me to like, keep up that creative writing, even though it's not related to what I'm necessarily writing about for work. So, and then even just like looking at the assignments and stuff is just like one of our values at six and flow is like about holistic thinking. Um, and a lot of the assignments I feel like also kind of are related to holistic thinking. So again, it's just like helping to keep that top of mind, even though it's in a completely different context. So whether or not like you're doing a better job because your stuff's actually related to work, but I do think <laughs> that taking classes online and just like training your brain outside of work um, can definitely help you at work when you are someone that has to like try things, experiment, like be on your toes, like look at data, look at information, like think it's helped me there so totally I totally see how you're finding value in that as well um yeah and learning absolutely. is fun and so it's fun and like yeah. yeah like absolutely even if it's not directly related to your work like that kind of creative outlet or just just yeah. something new and different it gets your brain working in a different way and like that's always valuable so it doesn't even really matter what the topic is exactly yes. um but yeah love that that's that's a really cool one thanks man <laughs> the point is guys have fun but also learn. Uh, and then I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to anyway. Um, so you mentioned that you're, you're subscribed to like a bunch of newsletters. Do you have a favorite? Or Ooh, a favorite? Jeez, <laughs> that's a hard one. Um, or like hmm. a top three, maybe? I don't know. I don't know how many I you mean, have. <laughs> I think one of the big ones that's always like right up there and one of the ones that I always open and read all the way through, um, no matter yeah. what, is always Anne Handley's Total Anarchy newsletter. Um, she sends that out every other week. And I just love like she always always includes interesting examples she's found and interesting advice. And she makes these connections that might not mm. be obvious, but then the way she does it, they just work. Um, so I just, I love following her and I love the way that she thinks. Um, cool. So, I mean, hers is always one of my favorites, but oh, there are so many good ones. Um, I'm a okay. big fan of the you. content coming out of like animals. Um, oh, animals yes. Zed, the content marketing agency. Um, they do some of the best thought leadership on content marketing that I see anywhere. So I always open and read their stuff. Um, nice. Oh God. It's a long list, but That's those are okay. a couple favorites. <laughs> I actually saw that you posted something from animals this morning and then I read it and then I posted it in our marketing inspiration channel. So maybe we'll do something like them. Cause I, I like their stuff. I never yes. have I've read it. I've definitely heard of them, but I've never looked at anything they put out themselves and I was very impressed. So yeah, it's always like they're, frameworks and models and like they're thinking about things and talking about it in a way that makes you think and I really like that about them yeah no that's awesome um I think that looking at other agencies too is like something I've been more in the practice of as like this is my first agency role so it's just nice to see like how different folks that are kind of in the same space are approaching similar um projects or anything like that so like I'm always looking for inspo and I every time you post on LinkedIn I'm like oh let me see what Kendall posted because I know you're like <laughs> so on top of things so I'm just like I'm like anything you post I'm like I know she's actually read it and I know it's going to provide value <laughs> for my day so thanks for being my my inspo there on the socials I really appreciate I'm it. so glad that you find it helpful um, I do yeah <laughs> like literally everything nice to I'm hear. Like, I gotta open I definitely it. <laughs> don't like posting anything I haven't already read, which means that I don't always post quite as often as I'd like, but 
then, you know, That's okay. and it's like useful if I'm like, oh, did I, you know, I remember reading something really good a while back. What was that? That I can usually just scroll through my old posts and yeah. that I know that it'll be there. <laughs> That's handy. what I was going to say to you earlier, like when we were talking before this and you were like, oh, I have so many tabs open with like things I want to read. And I'm like, I was going to be like, just post it to LinkedIn. But I'm like, what if she hasn't read it yet? She won't post it unless she's like giving it the Kendall stamp <laughs> of approval. So it's my system, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we love to see it. We appreciate you. Um, and then something besides like everything you've already shared, which has obviously been awesome. And I always learn a lot talking to you, like from day one, I'm like, Ooh, she has someone she can teach me. This is great. Um, thank you, Khadijah. Thank you. Honestly, so lovely to hear. <laughs> I, I mean it. I mean every word. Um, but for those who don't have the privilege of knowing you, do you have any advice that you put out there for people kind of in similar roles to you or just for folks you know, who might want to give a role like yours a try in marketing? Anything that you've learned in the last few months that you think is important to know or that you wish you had known, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, one thing, especially if you're thinking that you want to do more campaign-based content, project management skills are so, so valuable. Like that kind of organization and collaboration and being able to like do the the goals and the timelines and and figuring out where everybody's different pieces fit in, how all those pieces work together, um, mm -hmm. that kind of way of planning things and then also strategizing them makes such a difference. I mean, those skills are valuable in pretty much any marketing job, but I think mm -hmm. the more you work with campaigns and that you're working across teams and that kind of thing, the more and more valuable that kind of stuff tends to get, I find. Right. Um, so like you can never go wrong by trying to sharpen, uh, sharpen those skills. That's awesome. um, a general one for, cause I can't resist <laughs> a general it. one for creatives. That is something that I love doing is if you don't already have one, keep a swipe file. Um, it can just Ooh. be like, mine's like a folder in Google drive. And just anytime I see a post I like, or a campaign that I like, I take a screenshot or I say, you know, print to PDF or sort of whatever works. And I just save it there. And then Anytime you're looking for inspiration, you've got this folder of stuff that you know is high quality and that it's interesting mm -hmm. and it's thought provoking and that it's well done. And you can kind of go there as a jumping off point when you're trying to plan something new or um, it's just so helpful. And such it's such an interesting way to also crystallize what do you like about stuff? If you're looking at something, you're going, oh, I want to put this in my swipe file. It's mm -hmm. like, OK, why does it belong there? You know, is it something that's really well done about the headline or the execution or is the concept really creative? Like it, it also makes you think about what is it about this thing that works, not right. just, oh, I like this, um, which I think can help you think more about how you can create content that works too, um, wow. by understanding better what it is about the stuff that you like most that makes it good. Wow. That see. And like, even now, like years later, like I never learned that one from you. And now I'm just like, Oh, I got to start my swipe file. Cause Kendall said I should. <laughs> <laughs> That's a newer one for me. It's, yeah. um, but yeah, absolutely recommend it. And if I could do one more something that yes. I tell people in general, and this is not content specific or marketing specific even, but it was a piece of advice I got years ago and I wish I could remember who told me to do it, but to keep a kudos doc, um, Ooh. Just have like a, a Google Doc or something. And anytime someone gives you a positive piece of feedback, whether they really liked a post you wrote or there was something that, you know, you were really helpful with, whatever it is, just toss it in there. Um, it's just so valuable to have this 
feedback all collected. And then like, if you're ever negotiating or trying to get a promotion or a raise or, you know, applying for a new job and you're looking at that kind of thing or asking somebody for a LinkedIn recommendation, you mm -hmm. have this whole list of stuff, not just like what you think is valuable, but what you do and the value that you bring to an organization, but what everybody else says that that is. Yeah. Um, or even just those days when you're feeling a bit of self-doubt, you can always be like, oh, yeah, all these people think that what I did was actually super helpful. And it's just nice to have that. Wow. That's awesome. I think all three of those things will help myself, but also like <laughs> other folks for sure. That's that's awesome. And yeah, I think it's important to have all of those kind of, I guess, social proofs, but also it's good for yourself if you're having those, yeah, those self-doubt or like kind of down moments you can be like oh you can like look back on something that you did that was awesome or that you achieved or whatever the case is so definitely yeah exactly definitely gonna get my my files started right after this <laughs> <laughs> love to hear it <laughs> yeah. and then the last thing I'd love to know and even if you don't know it can be a vague answer but where do you hope to take your career where does Kendall see herself <laughs> Big one. I've been know. doing a lot of thinking about this one. Um, yeah. Something, I mean, a big one for me in the sort of more nearish future is um, I'd love to be a people leader and to be working with people who are newer to content and marketing and to help, mm. you know, mentor them and help them develop their careers and their skills and that kind of thing. So that's something that I'm working towards and that I want to see happen in the, the not so distant future. Um, so that's a big one for me. And then Nice. I also think at some point that I'd love to like teach about content or marketing or you know maybe even writing. Um, but like I love sharing that kind of knowledge and I mm -hmm. think that's something I would enjoy doing. So maybe one day I'll have my own continuing studies course or something like that. <laughs> wow. Honestly, I think I could see you in both of those, like doing both of those things. I think you'd be so good because like I said, like, from day one, like the first time we ever sat down and had actually had a coffee, well, I guess a tea in person. Like I remember just like learning so much from you and like you were just like so willing to share and put things in a way that was so easy to understand, especially for someone like myself. I was like super fresh into tech in general and like wanting to move more into marketing. So definitely, you know, I co-sign that. Do do those things. <laughs> Other people need Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Of course. Um, and look at you now. I know. <laughs> Running now, your own podcast. Yeah, now you're on my podcast. <laughs> and you're sharing your, your sage wisdom with other folks that I think will benefit from it for sure. So, all right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to come on here and, you know, do this with me, have this awesome conversation. I, again, enjoyed catching up, but it was nice to like dig deeper into what you've been up to and what you've other things that you've learned that you hadn't already shared with me so yeah yeah absolutely it. thank you for thinking of me and having me on this has been great and i've really enjoyed it and yeah i look forward to, to hearing more of your your upcoming episodes thanks girl i appreciate it all right that's a wrap folks